0: Welcome to the Worshipped Woman Podcast. I am your host, Kelly Kristen. I am a life and relationship coach, deep healing facilitator, and subconscious change expert. On this podcast, we will dive deep into personal growth, transformation, and relationships, releasing patterns of toxicity, codependency, and people-pleasing as we explore what it means to be the Worshipped Woman. If you are ready to heal, embody your worth, and raise your standards in life and love, you are in the right place. I am so happy to have you here. Now, let's get started. Hello, sisters. Welcome back to the Worshipped Woman podcast. I'm your host, Kelly Kristen, if this is your first time with me, I am so very excited that you are here. And if you've been hanging out with me for a while, I am so very grateful that you continue to spend time, your precious time, listening to the Worshipped Woman podcast. And today is going to be something a little bit different than I've ever done before. So I'm very excited about it. If you are following me on Instagram, and if you're not following me on Instagram, hello, what are you doing? You can find me at Miss MS M. S. Kelly Kristen. I was speaking about uh, the show on Netflix, Firefly Lane. So, if you haven't seen the show Firefly Lane on Netflix, this episode probably won't make very much sense to you. But if you have seen it, and I was talking about this because when I watch these shows sometimes, um I don't know my brain just goes all these places I'm like wow there's that pattern wow there's this pattern and I just see how things affect the characters and how they show up and and how these things play out in their relationships and I'm often talking about how TV and movies shows us very toxic relationships and then they'll say oh this is love and I love you and it's like this very just toxic awful thing so I was just noticing some things in Firefly Lane I went on my Instagram stories I'm like hey do you guys want me to talk about this voted you got to vote on my Instagram stories yes you wanted me to talk about it yes you wanted it in a podcast so here it is and I am doing this sort of just on a riff I didn't like take a bunch of vigorous (laughs) notes or anything like that but I wanted to talk about this show in particular because I think it actually does a really good job of showing us what can happen as a result of childhood trauma if we don't actually deal with it. Again, if you haven't watched Firefly Lane, this is not going to make much sense to you. So I don't know, maybe go and watch it so you can get, you know, come back and listen to this or it's one of the most watched shows on Netflix right now. So this is just something a little bit fun, but one of the main characters, or the main character, is played by Katherine Hegel. Her character's name is Tully. And from the, gosh, I want to say from the very first episode, we are kind of shown her being stuck in a, a freeze position and flashbacks to... Times when she was also stuck in that position in her life and then we're just kind of shown uh, you know her and her best friend Kate and their relationship and I I like I do appreciate how they have like four different timelines kind of all playing out at the same time it was really um, cool that they did it that way and One of the things that really struck me, obviously, was the fact that they do show how when we have things happen in our adult life and they trigger certain feelings within us, they would flash back to instances in Tully's childhood where she felt the same way. And this is interesting because what actually happens inside of your body, so... We have a little bit of the wrong idea, and maybe you've heard me talk about um, trauma before, but oftentimes we think of trauma as these really big, horrific things. But that is not actually true because trauma is really something that happens in our bodies when our nervous systems are so overwhelmed. We're having such a high emotional experience, such a high fight or flight response that we really don't have any other option but to freeze. And all of that fight flight response energy gets stuck in our bodies. That's really what creates trauma. And the inability to complete that cycle and come back to a normal baseline is what causes It to be stuck in our bodies and that is kind of what you saw where she actually um, you know the first thing that they show is Tully um, her mom coming who she had obviously was living with her grandma the mom comes home takes the daughter the daughter's all excited right Tully's all excited to go with her mom but then her mom leaves her she gets lost in this crowd and she's crying and she's upset and she triggers back to that moment many times throughout the series of just feeling alone and that right there is that abandonment thing right like that's where she formed this really hard abandonment wound of my mom is here I'm so excited my mom is here she said she's going to take care of me she said things are going to be different she came to save me she came to rescue me but guess what she left me there she abandoned me. Then, you see another instance where she was taken advantage of and really um, raped out in the woods by this, this senior guy who basically just pushes himself on her and she just freezes. Right? She freezes in that instance. And then, what I thought was interesting is that they showed how she went to confront the guy that did that to her in the woods. And she froze up again, right? Her and Kate had this plan where she was going to go like put an air on his head or something and like do all these crazy things. And when it came down to it and she saw him, her body froze. That is a trauma response. Our body freezes, literally freezes because we're so overwhelmed. We have such a threat perception our nervous system basically picks up this person is a threat which obviously her nervous system is going to pick up this person is the threat because of what he did to her and the threat becomes so much for our body that our body literally signals to us you're best off just freezing because otherwise you might die and now that's not necessarily logically true. Like she probably wasn't better off freezing in that moment. But to your nervous system, which is like a primal system, it is saying you better freeze here because this is your best chance at survival. Everything our body does, our brain does, everything is for survival. So I really want you to understand that. Like that. that is a really good, I really liked how they showed how the freeze response shows up. And I want you to understand that that is literally your brain your body keeping you safe because that is our number one goal of the brain and the body is to keep you safe so logically it doesn't have to make sense or it doesn't have to look like right and this is oftentimes why we think like oh I would I would act this way or I would fight back or I would do this or I would do that but if you're in that instance you don't know what you would do because your body has different reactions and if your body is shutting down you literally don't have the option to move in your head you can be like I want to move I want to do this but your body is like no we are staying right here that is a freeze response So you see that happen multiple times in the show, which again, I just think that they did a good job of showing that. But then later on, they also show you any time that she was feeling abandoned, any time she was feeling like, you know, people don't care about me or, or things like that, they would flash back to those kind of scenes because the feelings are the same in the body. Because the thing is, is if you never bring those feelings to completion, they just get stuck in your body. So that's kind of like the first piece that I want to talk about. How that trauma actually shows up and how those feelings just keep arising and keep arising and keep arising. And the thing is, is that the more those feelings arise, the more that we are creating that neural connection that you know, when somebody doesn't want to hang out with me and I'm by myself, I'm being abandoned. It's because it's that old neural pathway that's just being activated and activated and activated. The more it gets activated, the stronger and stronger it gets. So that's kind of part one. The next part that I want to talk about is uh, Tully's relationships that were shown in the show. So her mother, we're, the first thing we know about her mom is that she left her from a very young age, left Tully to live with her grandmother came back and then abandoned her very quickly and then we see that when Tully is a teenager her mom comes back again and says you know what you are living with me and her mother is a drug addict her mother is just super into her own self into her own life and she really repeatedly kind of leads Tully to believe That she's going to be there for her, but then she never shows up. So again, we're reinforcing that abandonment thing. Now, the only relationships we know that Tully has in the show, one is with her teacher that ends up being very toxic, right? Back and forth, always fighting, breakup, makeup, all of these things going on. you know, they they show us in the show that it's a, just a very chaotic relationship and he apparently really loves her but she can't be with him and all of these kinds of things back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. It doesn't surprise me that she would find herself in these toxic relationships and toxic scenarios because she was never really shown what love was. She doesn't have a good baseline for what a good solid relationship is right she had her mother she didn't never knew her father and her mom never really cared for her never really loved her didn't meet her needs so she doesn't have a good baseline for what a solid relationship would be. And actually, because she's experienced this abandonment, and that was from her mother who is supposed to love her, her body actually will signal to her that when somebody is not really going to be there for her, is not really totally about her, that that actually feels kind of good and familiar to her system, even though it really isn't a good thing and one that she might not necessarily want. So, that relationship that we were shown with, with Chuck, I believe his name was, the teacher, that was sort of in her, you know, 20s. Now, I guess that they're around, they're in their 40s in sort of the present timeline. And in the present timeline, you see her go to a bar, meet a guy, doesn't want to know his name, doesn't want to know anything about him, like just wants to sleep with him. And we learn, like, that's just how she is. She doesn't want relationships, she doesn't want to do with anybody. And then as that relationship shorter reveals itself, we see that Tully actually doesn't look anybody in the eye when she's being intimate with them. She doesn't want to anything intimate. She even tells Kate, her best friend, I don't, you know, I haven't really kissed a guy because kissing a guy makes you fall in love with them. She talks about how she's maybe falling in love with this guy, his name is Max in the show. Now, you can see and I think this is important because most of the women who listen to the show that have been in the toxic relationships, you are often on the other side of somebody like Tully where they have a lot of intimacy issues they have a lot of their own personal issues that they need to work through and you are like being the max that's like no I just want to care for you I just want to love you I just want to be there for you like what's wrong with like please just let me be there for you I have so much love to give like you can really tell in the show he seems like a really good guy he seems like he just wants to love her and show up for her and be there for her and while that we can romanticize that there's also dysfunction happening on his part because he was so quickly wanting to get him, himself involved with this woman who clearly was like i'm not interested clearly was like i don't even want to look at you pushed him every time he got a little bit close she's like get out of my house and he kept you know coming back and she would call and he would come back because he had this hope that maybe Somehow he could change her and she would shift and be this person that he wanted her to be, right? But he was really actually trying to make her into something that she wasn't. Then, I mean, he – then she ends up getting pregnant. He proposes to her and she's literally like, what are you talking about? I don't want – I don't want to marry you. I don't want to do that at all. And then she decides, okay, I'm pregnant. Maybe I – maybe I should marry this guy, which, of course – I want to pause and time out here and say marriage should not be based on the fact that you might be having somebody's baby. Marriage is a total commitment. And I think, you know, rushing into marriage is not really the best idea. You really have to know somebody, right? You really need to know that you really get this person. You guys have similar values and ideals. I really, really think that We don't consider the importance of who we are marrying enough because the person that you marry literally affects everything about you, everything about your life. It's just so, it's such a, such an important decision. So she decides that she wants to marry this guy and then she has a miscarriage. The miscarriage, of course, is very hard and she ends up blowing up on him and telling him, I never really wanted to marry you, it was just for the baby and all of this stuff. Again pushing him away when actually he needed her to comfort him right he needed her too like that's a pretty tragic thing to go through and she wouldn't let him comfort her and he and she would not comfort him and so this was finally his breaking point in the show when he says you know what Tully I'm not dealing with this anymore I'm not going to be emotionally abandoned by you. So we actually saw him step up a little bit for himself there, which I think is is good because, you know, he said, enough is enough. I'm not going to play this game. I'm not going to play your little game of one day you want me, one day you don't. And the important thing here is that we got to see her side. So we got to see that. All of the trauma, all of the abandonment issues, her inability to be intimate with another person, it had nothing to do with Max. It had nothing to do with him. It had everything to do with her and her inability to be there for herself, her inability to actually go within herself and to heal what she needed to heal and to do what she needed to do for herself. And that's important because so often when we get into these toxic relationships, you know, we're like, oh, I'm going to change this guy. I'm going to do this and he's going to be this way and I can help him. I can save him and all this. No, that is not your job. And Max finally learned in, in this show, yeah, that's not my job. I, I can't help you. I can't I can't change you and I'm not going to be your punching bag while you figure it out. Right. And that's something really really important because we really got to see how dysfunctional the person that is actually showing up in a completely toxic way right the person that is actually being really harmful and hurtful and that person that's showing up like I don't want you and ghosting and doing all of these things that person is actually a really hurt messed up person right like when that happens to us, we have this tendency to be like, oh, is there something wrong with me? Is it me? Is it me? No, it is not you. It's not you. That person has their own shit that they need to deal with. So I want you to just see and maybe if you're listening to this and you're like, oh, wow, I didn't realize that. Maybe go back and watch and, and, or just think about it and reflect on it and see how that all plays out. The other thing is, you know, Kate and Tully's friendship is completely, like, completely codependent. And really, we don't know where it's going to go in the next season because at the end of the show, they show us not talking to each other. So that must have been something really, really bad. But you can see where Tully was coming from when she met her at a very vulnerable state. Her mother was never there for her. And it was Kate. It was Kate. It was Kate. Kate is, like, her constant. And she does expect Kate to be there for her always no matter what kind of thing and she really really relies heavily on her to be a source of validation to be a source of support to be a source of everything and meet her needs that she's actually not meeting within herself and you actually see Kate sort of on the other side of this where she has really lived her whole life sort of in the shadow of Tully and And of her husband and really being this woman who devoted herself to her family and to everybody else. And now she's sort of breaking out of that shell and coming to a place where she is trying to become more of herself and be her own person and have her own boundaries and all of that. So I think that's another little side of it, too. So. I hope that you enjoyed this and I hope that it was helpful for you if you liked this episode and you want me to do more shows or TVs than that I see and, and different things that I see. I would love to know. Take a screenshot. Let me know that you're listening. Send me a DM on Instagram. And if you know another sister that needs to hear this, I ask that you please, please share it. It means so much to me when I know that you got this podcast because somebody shared it with you or that you're sharing it with other people. It's just the absolute best for me. And if you feel so inclined to leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts, I would be so, so grateful. I love you guys so much and I'll talk to you soon.